Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report presented by Great Days Outdoor Magazine, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. I'm your host, Brian Sin, joined by co-host Stephen Wisdom. And Stephen, speaking of ugly, that is exactly how I feel right now. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going, dude. I thought you was about to call me ugly. I tell people all the time, I don't care what you call me, just don't call me ugly. But, yeah, man, I hate that you, you're under the weather today and you're not feeling well. And I'm just glad you didn't show up in my office uh, dragging that in here because I ain't got time to be sick. No, and just to let everybody know, I uh, I sent my son to, to pick up the – the headsets and the stuff we use for the podcast and bring back to the house. So I am, um, I am held up in the basement. I got a little, uh, my wife gave me a little bell. I just rang it if I need something and she'll come running. No, that's, that's a lie. Actually, I wish that was the truth, but there's no bell and she doesn't come running. So uh, if I ring a bell, my wife would come, but she'd probably slap me across the face and then, yeah. and take the bell and then go get it. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt about that. But hey, look, we've got a great show for you today, and it's all brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish Alabama or in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food sources are not the same as they are in the rest of the country. At Great Days Outdoor Magazine, Southern Outdoors writers pick the brains of the best southern hunters and fishing anglers and give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles along with so much, much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoor Magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazines can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shop, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Segment one, let's get to segment one today. And we are going, we're going to Pickwick with David Allen. David, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me again. Man, I always look forward to having you on, man. So uh, how's it been going? You've been, you've been able to do a little fishing lately. Oh, we've been wide open. I've been out there probably... I'm going to say at least five to six days for the last two months on Pickwick. So, guidance been wide open. Everybody's ready to get outside and go fishing with all this COVID stuff. And I've been staying busy, and we've been staying on pretty good fish, man. Um, you know, July was was good. It was hot. Now, I mean, you better had some swim trunks on to go swimming because it was hot. We watched the water temp get – the hottest I saw it get, I got to 93 degrees on the main river. I don't think I've seen it get that hot in a long time out there. But the fish didn't seem to mind. We were still, you know, averaging 20 to 25 fish a day and, you know, best five being in the, you know, 18 to 22-pound class range, just depending if you got a good quality bite in there, you know, best five. But it's been a great year, and fishing's still going good. It's just your normal dog days of summer. Um, got to fish slow, got to drag worms. Um, every now and then you'll get lucky and get some eat some moving baits, but most time it's just snail crawling some soft plastics along the bottom just trying to get those finicky largemouth out there not enjoying the heat to bite but when you do catch one it's a quality bite but also starting to see the grass bite turn on a little bit a lot of the bait fish are out roaming around and the hydrilla on the upper end of the lake starting to produce some good quality fish i know they had some bfls here about a i guess it was what, about a week and a half two weeks ago they had those up here and uh, they're actually 
most of the weight was that I've seen coming from that tournament was coming from the high drill and some was offshore too. But a buddy of mine, Brent Anderson, won one up there. And I think most of his fish came out of grass, which he said he was junk fishing a little bit. But the grass is definitely starting to play a key in our trips now, for sure. It's been a good year, though. David, let's go back to this. I think let's really focus today helping the guys understand this. I mean, we've talked about it being hot, but in Alabama, we really are kind of in what we call the dog days of summer. And, you know, you've, you talked a little bit about largemouth and how you really have to slow down and drag. But do you see Pickwick, for all those listening, Pickwick is also an amazing smallmouth fisheries lake. And it's the furthest lake in the south that has – uh, smallmouth, so it's a pretty unique situation. How does the heat affect the smallmouth uh, this far south? The way I see it affect them a lot, because you'll we'll run into a few of these smallmouth on the offshore ledges, but it's not consistent. Like, you might catch one one day, and then you might not see another one for two weeks. Um, they're very nomadic this time of year, in my opinion. They're very, they roam a lot. Wherever the bait is, that's where they are. They're not going to sit and sit on one rock pile and wait for the bait. They're going to they're going to put the fins to use, and they're going to go hunt it down. Um, now, I do know here for too long, up below, you know, the Wilson Dam, you'll start seeing some smallmouth act up up there, getting on some deep, deep rock piles. You know, when they start pushing some current, if we get some rain, you'll be able to drag some jigs. Maybe, you know, the live bait game is going to start here for too long once they get into September, maybe. But we will see it start in August some, but it'll be, you know, very random. It depends on, we're at the mercy of TVA then. But the smallmouth on the, you know, the lower in the lakes where I'm doing most of my trip, it's just kind of the luck of the, luck of the draw. You'll pull into a school, big largemouth, and all of a sudden you might catch one or two smallmouth. Or early in the mornings, you might pull up on some shallow muscle beds or stuff like that and find some of those smallmouth that's pulled up at night and uh, be able to catch them before they, you know, kind of slide off the side of the drops once the heat of the day starts. It's hard to target them in July and August, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. If I could ever figure it out consistently, I could guarantee I could book every trip in the world if I could consistently catch smallmouth in August and July. If everybody wants to come to Pickwick and catch a big smallmouth, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Go back to the grass bite you say that's picking up. Like That kind of sounds pretty counterintuitive. Like, What do you think is triggering that grass bite right now? You You would think that they would want to stay off in that deep water as hot as it is. And even, I don't know what the current schedule has been on moving water, but we haven't even really had, we've had some short rain, but not even a lot of rain to, to keep that water moving and keep the temperature down. Why do you think they're sliding up into the grass right now? A lot of times with the hydrilla, especially when it starts to mat out and get really tall, um, it, it's just a big oxygen producer, and it's more or less habitat for those fish to go and hide in, get some protection. The little bass fry, the little shad fry, they all get in there, and it's just a great ecosystem for them just to grow. It's got everything they need. You think, oh, it's only in six to eight foot of water. It's going to be so boiling hot a fish can't live there. Really, it's not. If you get under those mats, shade, and it's actually cooler underneath, and those fish will actually get under those mats or in them clumps of hydrilla. And they can stay cooled off, and they've got all the food they're ever going to need there. They can just get protected because you know as good as I do these summertime ledges where everybody's scanning. You know, you got a ledge out there that's getting hit 20, 30 times in a day by somebody scanning over them. All these fish find find refuge in that grass just to get out of the pressure. Sometimes yeah. you can get into a mess of fish on top water, uh, dragging soft plastics, chatterbaits, 
stuff like that and that hydrilla and really get some unpressured fish and have some really successful days. Yeah, so that's going to be my next question. In that type of hydrilla, and you say it as it really starts to mat out and, and get thick, are you mainly fishing the edges or, or is there a canopy there where you can, you know, you can punch that stuff and really get down in yeah. the middle of it? It all depends on the layout of the land on it. You know, a lot of times, like right now here lately with me doing it, I've been trying to find those high spots with drains, I call it. In other words, you got two high, you know, bars or, or high spots, and it's got like a ditch cutting through or a little drop. Mm-hmm. And the grass is not necessarily matted. It's still under the surface, but what it does, you know, it's just like anything. You know, if you pull up to a flat and there's a ditch running through it, that's just a high, you know, probability area for fish to be holding. It's the same thing in that grass. Or that grass either gets thicker or falls it's just a transition for those fish to use to set up on to feed off of so i'll just kind of work my way down these bars use my c-map chip that shows me all the ditches and humps and stuff like that and i'll just go through there and get in those high target areas and i'll work you know throwing top water throwing chatter baits um if it's windy and cloudy i'll throw spinner baits and just cover water and then once i get a bite i'll slow down really work to the area might pick up a worm you know a a uh, ribbon tail worm with a quarter ounce weight texas rig and bounce it through there and then if i see some thicker clumps of hydrilla you know under the surface i'll take a one ounce tungsten flip in there and kind of you know methodically tear apart that little area and try to figure out what the fish are holding on and what pattern or techniques work best and here lately it's really been you know chatter baits and top water and if you get some clients that like to flip or know how to flip i'll give them a flipping stick and they'll tear apart those little clumps of grass and usually that's how you catch your bigger ones right now mm-hmm. and then big ones find them a little home to nest in and you can really pull out some big ones but it's it's a the only thing about grass this time of year it's a grind but when you find them you find a wad of them yeah i mean it's not just fish it's a pile of them living in one little area but what will soon happen as hot as it is you know that grass is growing inches it seems like a day and then it will all mat up and what will happen is a lot of those fish will bury under it in the heat of the day but in the mornings and afternoon they'll actually pull out to the edges where that current's pushing the bait fish down the side of those grass edges and they'll come up schooling and mm-hmm. it makes for some you can get out there first thing in the morning afternoons and throw top water solely and just wear those fish out Almost like going below the horseshoe and throwing top water. Same thing down there. They're just setting up on the current brakes, waiting for bait fish to float by. Right. And that's one thing that I never even think of when I think of a summertime bite and these patterns is, is fishing top water. A lot of people, when they think top waters, they think, oh, it has to be cloudy or early morning or anything. My best top water bites come in the middle of the day. I mean, the sun's high, you know, as long as you got some wind, they will eat top water in the middle of the day. And it's actually usually when I catch my biggest ones. Now, granted, you're going to have your more, most activity of seeing them come up in the morning and afternoon. But most of your biggest bite, you're not going to see them coming up. You're just going to be blind throwing that spook over a little hump or a little grass edge. And all of a sudden, Godzilla's going to come jumping out and grabbing it. So it's going to be a fun bite. And it's kind of overlooked because most people think, oh, I'm not going to throw top water in the middle of the day. Yeah. Don't be scared to middle of the day all day because you're liable to get a hold of one of those good old pickwick trophies for sure that's awesome well david before we let you go man thanks for the update you said something uh earlier that intrigued me how busy it's been and how for the last two months you're taking people fishing five or six days a week like as a guide like how do you like how do you stay on fit like how do you keep from wearing wearing out what you do have or are you just on a constant search for fish for your clients day in and day out like that that just seems like a long run of a lot of fishing and 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 how do you continue to get on fish it's 
a lot of it is just you got to put in the time you know like most of my trips they don't go over eight hours or in the summertime luckily you got long days so you know if i've got an afternoon trip i'll go out that morning and totally fish something different by myself without any clients but just trying to stay on top or find fresh fish um luckily here in the you know like in june and july there's so many schools out there you can bounce around enough that you don't overpressure your fish you're trying to put clients on scene kind of catch a few here, let them rest and just kind of milk run around. So you don't overpressure one spot too much. Right. Um, now in the grass, that's a different ballgame because these fish are allowed to be here one day. Next day they're uh, 200 yards from where they were the day before. So you, you got to constantly be moving, you know, predicting where the fish are, use your knowledge of old patterns or what fish relate to and just constantly moving. It's just, it's a lot of work, not just during the guide trip or staying on top of them. We let drop you off the dock. A lot of times we're going back out and finding some more and just trying to be the most efficient we can so when we get you in the boat, we're not searching for them. A lot of rod and reel in the hand, just trying to stay on top of them for you. Else, that's for sure. <laughs> I know there's uh, the love of the chase, but I don't envy you in these hot summer days doing it all day. Oh, long, no. Man. So, I'm right man, man, passionate about it. I've been telling clients, don't be scared to bring a swimsuit because I'm liable to take a dip off the side of the boat in these hot days. <laughs> it's not too bad. I've been doing a lot of four-hour afternoon trips. That way it's kind of cooling off as the day goes on, so it's not as hard on some people. But some guys, it doesn't mind, and we'll get out there and do an eight-hour day in that 95-degree heat with 100 heating decks. and It wears on you. A lot of water to drink, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of water to drink. Yeah, I'd definitely be wanting to take a dip yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. in the middle of the day. That reminds me, man, I was uh, one of my best friends. He was fishing on the Tom Bibby River, <clears throat> him and his uncle. He had a, uh, one of them old English bulldogs. What? Well, not an English. What's that? What's the one like uh, the Georgia bulldog? Oh, Ugly. Ugly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, though. One of them kind of dogs. One of them short, fat bulldogs. <laughs> anyway, he took that dog. He'd take that dog with him everywhere he went. He took it fishing. My buddy's uncle had it. And they was in the boat, and it was in August, middle of the day. Dog sitting there just panting, about to fall out in the heat. No shade. Scotty finally was like, hey, don't you want to, man, do you think you ought to, dog looks like he's about to die, man. Don't you think you ought to maybe just put him in the water or give him, you know, for a minute and cool him off? And he's like, Scott, it's a pretty good idea. So he picks the dog up and drops him over the side of the boat in the Tom Bibby River. And they ain't seen him since. He went straight to the bottom. He never even kicked. I guess he was so hot to shock from it or something. Messed his system up. And uh, wow. that joker went straight down. They ain't seen him since. That's crazy. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. That's right. Well, man, we appreciate you being on the show today and, and, and appreciate your, uh, your, your report. Uh, before we go, man, give us a tip, to, tip of the day. If somebody's coming up there and, and, and wants to go fishing, first of all, give us your tip of the day, but then also tell us how, how they can get in touch with you. My tip would be just take it slow, man. It's hot. These fish are not wanting to be super-duper active. Don't be scared to just pick up a worm if you're on a main river ledge and Throw it out there and drag it so don't be scared to just split dead stick and sit there and soak because some of these fish are just not in the mood to eat that much and uh, you just got to force feed them and in the grass just cover water eventually you will run into these fish don't be scared to turn the trolling motor up and just cover water and see where those ambush points are in that grass and transitions from deep to shallow water and 
see where them fish are sitting. Just cover water, and then uh, that'd be my tip for dog days of summer fishing on Pickwick for sure right now. And how y'all can reach me is uh, you can get on my website at davidallenfishing.com and shoot me an email through that, or you can keep up with me on Facebook and Instagram at David Allen Fishing and keep up how we're catching them or contact me on there. And we'll, if you're interested in the trip, just get through on there and we'll get you booked up and get you out on the water. Man, that sounds great, buddy. Well, we appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. Look forward to talking to you next time. And uh, guys, if you're interested in going up to Pickwick, give David a call. Uh, reach out to him. Uh, he'll put you on some fish. Anyway, take care, buddy. Talk to you soon. You too, sir. All right. That was a great segment. We appreciate that report from Pickwick. And man, let's jump. Let's jump right on into segment two. And uh, let's go down to Lake Martin, Alabama, and talk with David Hare about some big stripes down there. David, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Y'all doing okay? Man, that's a bad question to ask right now, man. I, I'm uh, I'm waiting on my corona test to get back. And, and, and actually, before the show, I was just telling Stephen, uh, before we started this recording today, I called my doctor. It's like, hey, I, I, I'm I'm sick. Can I come in and get a shot or something? And he's like, oh, no, no. If you're sick, no, we can't see you. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> you can't see me until I'm well, but if I'm well, I really don't need to see you. And he's like, well, that's just... That's just kind of where we at right now. We're not seeing sick patients. I ain't never heard nothing like that in my life, man. It's absolutely nuts. We had one that texted us and said, hey, just want to let you know, uh, one of the kids just got tested for COVID and tested positive, but you don't have anything to worry about because our doctor in Louisiana said, as long as they weren't showing symptoms, you're not going to catch it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, every day it's something different. And, uh, I mean, luckily it was past time. I mean, if, if one of our guides was going to have it, it, it would have shown up, you know, by now. But I think they just come up with something every day to say something different. It's crazy. It is. It truly is crazy. It's, crazy, uh, crazy. But let's talk, let's talk uh, some fishing, man. What's, what, what's the fishing like right now in the heat of the summer in Alabama down on Lake Martin? Have I talked to y'all since we got the, uh, had the couple on the boat with their 30th anniversary and one called a 25 and his wife called a 41? Did I no. talk to y'all since? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I got just a, I mean, just an awesome, awesome text. One of those you don't forget from them, appreciation. Uh, I didn't know all this until afterwards, but she had had six surgeries and 19 chemo treatments and it was the first time she had been out since she was told that she was diagnosed with cancer anyway it was their 30th wedding anniversary and and we went out and it started out slow that morning had you know a couple fish in the boat and uh and uh she was getting a little tired and i said well let's stop one more place and uh we stopped and sitting there talking and he called a 25 pounder and he's fished with me several times and uh oh he was just giving her a hard time you know hey i've got the biggest one i've got the biggest one and then a few minutes later she got one on and about 15 minutes later we got it in the boat and it weighed 41 pounds good gracious yeah she was tickled to death and i was tickled for 
and I know that's not the biggest fish we've ever caught by no means, but for the summertime, that, that's a big fish for in the summer. You don't usually catch the biggest ones in the summer. So they were tickled. That was caught on live bait real deep down on the south end of the lake. And everything has just been nonstop, you know, boating fish until actually, I guess it was, I think it was this past Saturday, I believe it was. I mean, the bite has just stopped on us. So, you know, I, I know y'all like to hear good reports, but I, I tell all my clients and everybody I know, I, I don't sugarcoat anything. I mean, it, it's gotten tough the last three or four days. Dang, man. Well, and, and, you know, that's what we say on the report when we start the show is we want to report whether it's good, bad, or ugly. So sometimes it's ugly. And don't ask me why, because I don't know the scientific reason behind it. I can just tell you what works and what doesn't work. But uh, our water temperature right now is 88 and 89 degrees uh, surface temp. We hadn't had any rain in several days. But I think one of our major contributors uh, right now is, is uh, I mean, we've had a full moon, seems like, for a week. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know a lot of other places love full moons, but Lake Martin has never loved a full moon, whether it's night fishing or day fishing. I mean, it just, the fishing's just not as good. I think it's a, a combination of several things. And like I say, you know, this, this time of year, you know, it your oxygen levels get messed up when when you hadn't had any rain and and the water temp's just so hot. I mean, you can't keep a live bait down. Doesn't live more than about five minutes. It's been we've been trolling and pick up one here and there trolling, but normally August and September we're wearing them out trolling artificial stuff. But the last you know, like I say, the last few days, it's been tough on us. So, so what few bites you are kind of grinding out have been been trolling? Yes, sir. Like yesterday, you know, we, we found two different schools of fish yesterday that we put live bait down on. And you could just watch them on the, on the screen. I mean, they would just come up to what we call window shop, and they were just looking at the bait and... <laughs> You could just watch them on the graph. They'd come up and look and just swim away. I mean, they uh, the baits didn't even get nervous, you know. Yeah. And uh, but but anyway, yes, sir. What few we've caught here lately, uh, the last few days has been trolling and trolling about three or three and a half miles an hour, trolling anywhere from forty to fifty-five foot deep. That's what I was going to ask you: is how deep you were fishing now. Now, we might be in some 100-foot water, but we're trolling. You know, we, we're burying all of our trolling uh, gear at different depths, and we're trolling, like I say, 40 to 55, 60-foot deep. So when you're looking at your graph and you find a school of, of big stripes on there, you know, let's say they're at, at you see them and they're at 60-foot of water. Where are you wanting to put your bait? Are you wanting to make, uh, are you wanting it at 60 foot where they are? Or are you wanting it at 50 foot or how do you try to do it? Yeah, I usually uh, put out six uh, rods, six live baits, and I'm staggering it. Uh, but but normally you, you never want to be right there with them. You want to be right above them. Uh, these stripers are going to hit, you know, coming up. 
if you get right there with them, they, they're just not going to hit with something just right in their face. It's almost like they want a little bit of challenge, and so they'll run up and hit it. Man, thank you for your time. I know you're up against the clock, and we don't keep you, but we wanted to get a you know a, a, a little bit of a report from from the Striper guys and down in Lake Martin. And before we get off here, guys, want to come fish with you, man? Let let us know how to get in touch with you. Yes, sir. The best way to get me is uh, either call or text me at two five six four zero one three zero eight nine, and you can always. Uh, look me up on Facebook, LSC the Guy Service Lake Martin. Awesome. Well, man, thank you again, and we'll let you get back to your family and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Hey, yes, sir. Good talking to y'all, and y'all stay safe. I hope all your uh, uh, testing comes back okay. Well, I sure appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it'll come on back okay, too. Maybe I just got a little bug or something, but we'll figure it out. Yes, sir. Will you hang in there and uh, and anything we can do to help you, I'll let us know. All right, buddy. Thank you. We appreciate you. Yes, sir. All right. Another great segment. Oh, man, would love to love to hear the, about the strike fishing. We don't get to hear that all the time on here, and so when we do, we we uh, we always learn a lot and, and and love to hear about the big stripes, man. Especially with a story like we just heard with a cancer survivor and, and, the, and the lady coming, coming out on her first fishing trip and catching a 41-pounder. That's, that's pretty special. Yeah, man, that's crazy to think, too. You know, a lady who's been sick for a long time, reeling in a fish that big, it, it, she had to be exhausted. You know she was. Yeah. But excited and not at the same time, for sure. Yeah. So that was good stuff. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's leave Lake Martin and keep going south, man. Let's go over to Lake Eufaula and talk with Clayton Bass. What's going on, Clayton? Oh, not much on a good old road trip right now. Handed up to Sandusky, Ohio, after guiding all week. So you got a tournament up there? Yeah, I got our final stop of the FLW Pro Circuit up in on Lake Erie out of Sandusky, Ohio. Mm. On Lake Erie, now that's a pretty big old body of water, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty big, but right now with all the COVID restrictions and everything, we can't go too far out because you go into Canadian waters, and with all the restrictions right now, we can't go into Canada, which hurts a bunch of the real good smallmouth fish. You know, a question that I have for you, and this is unrelated because we want to get your report for sure for the week uh, in Eufaula, but... I mean, when you go up to a lake like that, I mean, you're fishing a totally different climate, fish, body of water than your home lake. And I know you fish a lot of other lakes, but it's totally different than you follow. How are you going into this? What's your mindset? What you looking for? Right now, I'm sitting at 35th in the points. So I know the best fishing coming into this through research and everything is going to be around the Detroit River and lake st Clair and all that and that's where the tournament will probably be won at but given saying that that's an 80 mile run on the great lakes and there's a lot of risk reward in that and where i'm at in points i kind of want to stay right where i'm at that way i can make the championship and move on uh but one thing i try to remember wherever i go is a bass is a bass it don't matter where you go if i go to canada florida california where a bass is a bass they eat the same they move the same it don't matter it might be a little different terrain and stuff, but you still catch them the same way. That's the main thing I try to remember. And then a whole lot of research online, especially these days with I mean, YouTube and Facebook and all that. I mean, you can get a whole lot of information and be real familiar with the body of water you're going to 
before you even get there. Yeah, I mean, that's always the intriguing part of, you know, traveling around the country to fish uh, is you know, not knowing what it's going to be like when you get there. But like you say, man, a bass is a bass. And so that that's a great mindset to have, I think. But, uh, well, good luck this week on that. Uh, but while we have you, man, I know you've been guiding on Lake Eufaula all week before you hit the road. Tell us what's going on, you know, down there. Yeah, you follow. It's fishing real good right now, especially for it to be August. But a lot of that's got to deal with they're about to start working on the dam uh, for about the next 12 weeks. And starting August 1st, they're pulling the lake level down to 186. And with that being said, everybody that goes there, they need to be extremely careful about all the pole timber and standing timber that's going to be exposed now with them dropping the water down. Fishing has been incredible. The shallow bite is starting to die some, obviously, with them pulling the water down. All those fish, they're moving offshore to the ledges. Brush piles are even got some fish in them right now. The main thing is just staying offshore right now, especially coming up. The water level, they're going to bring it down to 186, and all the pads and all the willow grass and all that, that's virtually going to be out of the water. But it's going to help the lake in the long term because while they have this lake down, all that stuff of buck brush and all that will start to grow on those shallow bars and up on the bank and everything. And that happened probably, I think it was probably 10, 12 years ago that happened. And it was phenomenal. There was buck brush all on the flats and everything. I mean, you could literally pick up a spinnerbait and go catch 50 a day on all that buck brush. Yeah, yeah. No, I love when they pull lakes down like that to work on something and it gives it time for things to start growing. And then you just created, you know, habitat that was never there. So that's awesome, man. So give us some perspective. They're drawing it down to 186. What's full pool? You know, is this a, is this a, a four or five foot drop down or is this 10, 15 foot drop down? Well, where's full pool on you follow? You follow, I mean, granted it's got ledges and all that on it. Where it's got deep water, you know, in some of the ledges, you fish me 25 feet. But once you get off the main creek ledges and river ledges, Lake Ufala is actually pretty a flat lake. Like most of the flats are five to six feet. They consider one, 188 is what they consider full pool. The old full pool was like 188.4, but 188.5, that's what I still consider full pool. So them pulling it down two feet, most people won't stink that much. But when you get on out of the river channel with a bunch of the lake being flat like that, two feet's a lot of water on that lake. It is, yep. Anytime you get out of the creek channel, the river channel, uh, it changes drastically very fast. So how long are they going to keep it drawn down? Oh, 12, you said 12 weeks. They're going to work on the dam for 12, 12 weeks. That's what I've heard, 12 weeks. I've heard six weeks. But I, I'm thinking 12 weeks to probably 14 weeks. So the lake's drawn down, and in, in, in it's fishing offshore mainly. What were you guys doing this week to, to get your clients on on fish? You know, how were you how was you set up? What were you catching them on? They're really set up on little subtle stuff right now. They're not grouped up into real, real big schools. There's a bunch of those 10 fish schools just on like little points, little hard spots, uh, little channel swings. Main things we've been catching them on is a Jinko trimmer shad with a one ounce head, a CD. Anything in the CD family, the Jinko, they make a great series. I, the 15, the 20, and the 25. I normally have one of each tied on on my cranking rods, just kind of just hit all the depth ranges. And if you want to just go out there and a drop shot, you need to go out there and catch one drop shot 12 months out of the year. 
Are you able to still catch big fish on drop shot, or you, is that you really going to attract the smaller ones? No, a bunch of people, when they think a drop shot, they think a little bitty way, uh, little weights, little worms, little finesse worms. Like on my drop shot rig, I mean, I, I throw it on a spinny pole, but I mean, I throw a half ounce drop shot weight to get it down there. I don't, to me, when I'm out there fishing 20, 25 feet, throwing a 3 16 ounce weight, I don't want to wait for it to get to the bottom, and I want to feel it down there. That's the whole purpose of that weight. Yeah. Um, and as far as the paint goes, I'm not throwing a three or four inch worm. I mean, I'm throwing a seven and a seven and a half inch worm down there. So, I mean, it's more, not as quite as finesse. Yeah. So on that, on that setup, then what, tell us a little bit about your hook. If you're, you know, a lot of people think about drop shotting with small hooks. If you're throwing a seven, eight inch worm, what, what kind of hook setup do you have on your drop shot? I got a one off finesse flipping hook. And it's just got, it's a little, I actually use a Gamakatsu one, and it's got a little, it's a little bit thicker than a bunch of the smaller rebarb hooks, so right. it's got a little bit more meat in it for that little bit bigger worm. Is that a straight shank hit uh, hook, or, or is it a, um... It's a straight shank, and I rig a Texas rig, because you fall, it's got a bunch of timber around those ledges, and if you run, just run an exposed hook, you're going to be breaking off all day. Is you know I know like on the Tennessee River and even the Coosa Chain during the summer, man the the, the red hues really start turning on in color wise versus like the greens and the browns in the spring. Uh, is it the same way on Eufaula during the summer? Is is the red color is it as good as like it is uh, on the other river systems during the summer? It is. I mean I normally stay with uh, red bug, plum apple, morning dawn anything like that. But then also on our ledges, we got a bunch of shelf tractor that get out there. So I will still stick with some of the greens to kind of stay around that shell cracker by, you know. What's your opinion or your thought process on, because I've always thought it was kind of a pretty phenomenal thing that the summer red, red colors really do perform very well. Like, what do you think, like why? Like what? What is it about the red color in the heat that is triggering bites? Like it is. Any thought process there? I think they can just see it better. I mean, it's and they. I think they people they see that green and stuff so much that. I mean, morning dawn is probably my favorite color to throw right now. I mean, that's. I got two dry drop shot rides rigged up. Both of them are gonna have morning dawn, just a little bit different shade on them. And everybody asks why they eat a pink worm. A pink worm. I just try to tell them, well, Louisiana pinks are pink. That's about the only answer I can come up with. I just like it. But yeah. plum apple has always been a real strong color on you, Paula. Mm -hmm. That that's good. That morning dawn, it's got pink in it, and does have a little bit of a brown color to it as well. Or my favorite one is pink, and it's got a little bit of red flake in it, just to make it shine just a little bit more down there. Okay. And when I'm throwing a bunch of bait like that, I prefer for it to have a little bit of red in it. Just small red flake. It ain't got to be the big uh, flake in it. I like yeah. the small, just to give it a little bit of color down there when it's so dark. I mean, you get 25 feet down there, it's not the light's not exactly penetrating everywhere down there. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I know you're going to be on the road for a while, tournament-wise, and, and, you know, for our listeners, the Alabama Fishing Report is – we try to make it pretty up to date, and, and so everything you're hearing is, is is pretty live. You know, it's not not completely live, but you're gonna be on the road for a little while. But when you gonna be back? When and, and and when can some guys call you to go see if they can't get on some of this offshore bite while the uh, the water's pulled down? Uh, I'll be gone this week right here coming up. 
and then I'm back home a week, and then hopefully we're headed back up to Wisconsin to fish the Pro Circuit Championship. But then after that, I'm free for a while. And if anybody gets me a call, I can more than happy to schedule everybody in. I'm booked up a little bit right now, but I do have dates available. If anybody wants to get in touch with me, just give me a call at 334-310-8338 or check out LakeUfallFishingGuide.com. Man, that's good stuff, buddy. Well, be careful traveling. And uh, go up there, man, and uh, and bring in a big bag of fish and, and make that championship. I'm, uh, I'm confident you'll do that. So good luck to you. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time and uh, and stay safe up there. And, and uh, there again, good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, man. I always love hearing from Clayton. He is uh, – that guy's got some a wealth of knowledge. I'm not surprised that he's looking to make the championship. Uh, on the tournament trail with FLW this year. Yeah. I'm loving this show, man, because it just kind of feeds, you know, everything that we love and want to hear and, and around the state and hearing how the different fisheries are fishing and, and, and really how to catch them. I mean, I feel like hosting this show, I, I can go back on tour, I, at least an Alabama tour, because I can go catch them now. You know what? I definitely feel like a better fisherman, even even – if I'm not able to go out all the time and try the different things these guys are talking about, hearing this stuff week in and week out definitely gives you something to think about when you're on the water and new techniques to try and, and what's working. I mean, that's the thing is these reports we're doing, I mean, these are coming from guys that are fishing like this morning or yesterday and it's, they're catching fish. And so it's, it's what's going on right now in these lakes and rivers around the, the state and uh it's pretty cool man so with that being said talking about learning what'd you learn today man what's what's the takeaway from the day for you i loved that he talked about you know turning what could be a negative into a positive on ufala for most people you know they're going to draw the water down it's going to be down for a while and the lake's probably going to be a little bit dangerous to run around in and it just changed the fishery but you know so i think the takeaway there though is Anytime you're fishing on body water and they draw the water down for a period of time, there's going to be a lot of new growth uh, on the shoreline and on flats and shallow areas. And when that water comes back up, that's going to be great vegetation, great habitat. And so, I mean, that's the first thing I'm thinking. When that water goes back up, I'm headed to the bank because there's just going to be so much new stuff there, you know, when, when that happens. So that, that was one of the big takeaways. And then I think the other thing that, kind of affirmed something that I experienced last week, just slowing down in the heat of the summer and dragging. Cause I had this place last week that I was fishing and usually can catch them on a swim bait, just lights out and they wouldn't touch it. And the water was very hot is 89, 90 degrees. And until I made that adjustment of just slowing down and dragging a worm, which I never do on this place is when I started catching them. And so, Definitely, guys, once you start seeing that water creep up there towards the 90s, you really got to just slow down and drag things around. And the moving bait deal is probably not going to produce. And so those are the kind of two things that stuck out to me this week. Well, for me this week, the quote of the day was a bass is a bass. I love that because mm-hmm. we do uh, a lot of times. I know that that I try to overcomplicate things sometimes, maybe. But but Clayton's point is, hey, I'm going to fish a different body of water in a different state, different climate. Everything's different, except a bass is a bass, and 
when the water temperature is this, when current is this, when wind is this, this is what bass do. So you just, you dictate what the bass, you know, what the bass are doing, not what, you know, instead of what you might think. And it simplifies it. So right. I love that. That's Either right. Way, it's all good stuff, man. And that is going to be a wrap for this week's show. And I sure hope I feel better next week and maybe sound a little better uh, than I did this week. So my apologies. But please subscribe, rate, and drop us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, just head on over to greatdaysoutdoors.com slash AFFR, and we'll send you the new show each and every week. So we appreciate, uh, appreciate you, Stephen. Appreciate all our guests that called in. And uh, we'll see you next week, brother. Yeah, man. Hope you get to feeling better. And um, all our listeners, you guys have a great week. Hopefully you get a chance to get out on the water and uh, catch a big one. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Become a better southern hunter and angler and pick up your copy today wherever fine magazines are sold or save online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. And also brought to you by Killer Dock. Check out the full line of all-natural dock-enhancing fish cleaning stations at KillerDock.com. And brought to you by Fish Bites. Ready to go when you are, regardless of when you're ready to go fishing. This bait stays on the hook and the fish stay on the bait. Check them out, FishBites.com. And brought to you by You Do Outdoors. Check out You Do Outdoors on your app store, Google Play. It's a social media app for whatever you do outdoors. This episode was brought to you by Brian Sand with National Land Realty. You already trust me with your fishing report, so trust me to help you find or sell that next piece of property as well. Just give me a call at 601-383-2344. 